So we're going to check in now on those protests taking place at 17 hospitals nationwide this lunchtime. Groups are gathering in Navan, Cork, Galway, Cavan, Donegal, Sligo, Westmeath, amongst other places. The demonstration in Limerick got underway slightly earlier than the rest, with hundreds of protesters gathering at the City Hall from 11 o'clock this morning. RT's Midwestern correspondent, Cathy Halloran, has been asking those marching what their experience of University Hospital Limerick has been and what made them turn out today. We've come here for our daughter Eve. Eve was left on a trolley for 17 hours in UHL and was sent home and she died four hours later. What are you hearing from the community? How much anger and frustration is out there? There's been a lot of anger since December here in Limerick City, surrounding counties too. We've just had enough. We want our three A&Es reopened. I think it's just abysmal the way it's gone. The, the A&Es need to be reopened. The numbers, my mother was a number on a statistic on a bed for weeks on end. And it's not, it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair on our older generation. They're being left down on our younger generation coming up. They're not getting a chance. So we're here to fight for our rights. People are dying. People are dying and no, people can't take it anymore. When you're frightened to go to the hospital, I've got kidney disease and I'm terrified anytime I have a pain because if I get sick, that's where I'm going to be dumped. And the last time I was there was last May. I spent three days on a trolley. Very angry. There's a lot of tension in Limerick now. It's been boiling over for a long time in relation to the waiting list and people put up with us. I mean, if enough people turn up here today, they should listen to us. And I mean, if the whole of the Midwest is coming out today to tell them we want the A&E's reopened, they should respect that and they should do that. They work for us. And that's some voices from the protest in Limerick speaking to our Midwest correspondent, Cathy Halloran. We're going to look at Letterkenny now and check in on the protest there. Stephen Maguire from the Donegal Daily joins me now. Stephen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Colm. What's the turnout like there and what have people been calling for? Yeah, I have to say that the turnout would be a little bit disappointing. I'm sure that I'm sure the organisers are a little bit disappointed. Nonetheless, the, the people that are here are quite vocal and a, a very well organised protest. I have to stress as well that you've seen your own reports in recent days. It's bitterly cold still here in Donegal. You can still see snow in the fields and that. So it is quite a cold day. The protest is quite vocal. Uh, I'd say two to three possibly over 200 people here. We've heard from a number of different speakers, including Mary T. Sweeney, the Letterkenny Hospital campaign, who actually organised the protest itself. And we've had a number of other speakers, uh, Betty Holmes from Donegal Action for Cancer Care, uh, and a number of local TDs uh, and a number of local councillors right. have spoken so far. As and well. how serious is the situation in Letterkenny's emergency department that brought people out in the first place? I have to say the situation is quite bad. We regularly report on, on, on incidents, like, you know, individual incidents. I've spoken to a number of people this morning, one particular woman who actually said she was here 17 years ago protesting about the exact same thing. Now, she told me about uh, having her own brother uh, in uh, in Lady Kenny University Hospital there uh, a number of weeks back, and they waited uh, 18 hours to be seen. He had a, a fractured arm, and they waited 18 hours to be seen. But that's not certainly not a one-off case. I've heard numerous cases of people waiting up to 24 hours for, for treatment. It's just the, the size of the hospital is not is not big enough uh, to cater for the population of the area. Right, and in the neighbouring county of Derry as well, also protests over there. Yeah, you see, the, the thing, Donegal is quite a big county, so a number of people in the Inishon Peninsula and their natural hinterland would be Derry. So they are serviced by, by, by off the Galvin Hospital in Derry. There's protests there indeed. I think it's a, it's a common situation right across the country that our A&Es just simply can't cope with the number of people seeking treatment. All right. Steve Maguire from Donegal Daily. Many thanks for joining us now. 
Uh, Minister James Brown, the main message from a lot of people is to open emergency departments in hospitals that were downgraded. What succour can you offer for, to people who are making that call? Well, I know steps have been taken by Minister Donnelly in, in particular in relation to Nina and Ennis Hospital to try and see what um, procedures or works can be done in those hospitals to alleviate the pressure for University Hospital Limerick. But I think what's necessary is the increase of capacity in our hospitals right across the country. We've seen a deficit of, in, of investment for a significant amount of time and I think we are now seeing record investment in that capacity right across the country. But, but that investment in capacity should have been done. When HICO mm. was recommending the closure of smaller, or the downgrading of smaller hospitals, emergency departments, it said that that investment should have been done in the bigger hospitals before they were closed. And I, I certainly wouldn't argue with that. I think there has been a lack of investment in, in, in uh, our hospitals across the country. We are seeing that being addressed now. We've seen 72-bed extension to Kilkenny Hospital. We're seeing detailed design move for an extension, for example, in Wexford General Hospital for a new 96-bed extension as well. So we are seeing it happening, but there's no question there has been a serious deficit of investment in our hospitals for a period up to very recently. And for people who are looking for a more regionalised approach, can you offer them any consolation that there's going to be something approaching a 24-hour service of emergency care for them? Well, I think that's really what Slauncher Care is about. And I was on the Slauncher Care Committee is giving the power back to the regions for the hospital care so that those hospitals and those medical and healthcare workers in the areas and the management who know the areas best can make the best decisions within their counties and within the regions. And there's an alignment between the hospitals and the uh, community healthcare as well. And we're seeing that investment too, because an awful lot of the solutions to the crisis in our hospitals is actually in the community by getting what's been done in hospitals done in the community where a lot of it should be done and we've seen again and I'm talking about my own county because I know it best we've seen a brand new community uh, primary care centre uh, three, floor, three storeys 13 and a half million open and now planning going in the new year for a new diagnostic building of equal right. size that's what we need to see uh, Kathleen, Kathleen Funchen, um everybody who supports Slauncher Care um, they can't really offer much by way of consolation, can they? Because there's no call in Slauncher Care for a mass reopening of emergency departments that were downgraded. So I think in this situation, we need uh, both a short term plan and then like a longer term plan. And I think that's what frustrates people a lot of the time. For example, you know, the situation that we saw over Christmas, like it had been flagged in the summer that that was going to probably emerge. And yet, like, you know, I really wonder, like when we're saying 350 people on trolleys is nearly a good day, like how have we gotten to that stage in, in 2023 in a country with the, with the wealth of I know, Ireland? but on the specifics of people in Nina and yeah, so just and let like, me So are, let me get to that. So I think for the short term, we need to look at how we can get more capacity in the private system. That is not a long term and it's not a sustainable long term plan. But I do think that for people who are in serious emergency situations or in pain or people who, you know, who are, have had elective procedures put off, which is going to result in a lot more difficulties for them, we need to look at how we can treat that. And I think by accessing some additional beds in, in private hospitals, we need to do that as a short term measure. Then we need to look at long term. How do we recruit and retain staff? How do we, we, we know that, for example, we need something like in the region of 800 additional acute beds by next winter and, and let's actually start planning for that now but in the short term for people who are in those very desperate situations I mean the first lady that spoke said her daughter was sent home and then passed away I and mean, that's just tragic and that is like we are at a patient safety situation you cannot have a healthcare system that's going to function properly when you have that many people on trolleys and 
Uh, right. You know, nurses and doctors are even stretched to actually re physically reach those people. So we need okay. short term and long term. But you're not talking about the 24 opening of emergency departments. But I, some in, of that could be looked at in the short term in terms right, okay. of. Uh, Gary, Gary Gannon, what, what, what about your party? Would you support reopening of any of these emergency departments on a 24 hour basis? I would support opening up the three elective hospitals that were promised that would have taken a huge amount of strain. I know, but the specifically system. what these protesters are calling for the reopening yeah, of emergency departments that but were downgraded that under the small hospital. It's gone plan. so and bad. Do you know what I mean? So but I do think the stories are absolutely heartbreaking. This overcrowding crisis is causing lives to be lost, and most of the protesters are outside today are with the horrors of their own memories and mind of themselves or mm. their loved ones, and that should be acknowledged. Twenty-two billion is what we're now spending on our health service. It's one in four euro of every, every taxpayer's money is going into our health service. We can't keep throwing money into a broken system and just. <laughs> so yes, we do need short-term options in terms of alleviating the crisis. As now, it would help also if we had the winter strategy not announced in October and then not the targets not yeah. being met. So what the Social Democrats do very much support <laughs> is getting in front of this, both in the short term and the long term. Roshin Shortar was Would you support reopening any of these regional emergency mm. departments on a 24-hour acute basis? Well, if that short term takes the pressure off the system and saves lives, of course we're going to get in front of that. But the Social Democrats have been to the fore of calling for the implementation of Slonjaker. It's absolutely essential that we have a universal healthcare model with the regionalisation approach as contained within that. Because we can't continue. We declared a national emergency in 2006 into our healthcare crisis. I don't want to be here in 2040 having the same call. So yes, short term solutions. But can we also have a healthcare service fit for a modern republic? public. It's not too much to ask for. They do it in every other European country almost. There's plans for an elective hospital uh, or two elective hospitals, James Brown. What about more acute capacity? Where's that at? Yeah, look, we have seen an increase in acute capacity as well. We've seen 970 new acute hospital beds since 2020 and 365 community uh, beds as well. But we need to see more and and that is happening. In a centralised acute hospital or the expansion of existing emergency departments around the country. Whoever the medical professionals uh, recommend that it should happen. But there's kind of some dispute over that. Like if you look at the case of Navin, some medical professionals think it should close and other medical professionals think it shouldn't close. So who do you believe? Well, I don't have the expertise in terms of deciding which medical professional is right well, over another, but who, I think to what it needs to be reached is an agreement, I suppose, with medical professionals. The resources and funding is there for what's necessary. There is now 24 billion euros this year going into our healthcare services, but in terms of rolling out Slonger Care, you need to have that extra funding while you effectively have almost two parallel systems going on, while you're building the new primary care centres, the new diagnostic centres, that you still have to have the funding going into our hospitals as well. And then the aim under Slonger Care, of course, is to get to a point where only those in hospitals are people who actually so need what, to be in what it. what short-term measure do you favour to for the rest of this year and going into next year because those that capacity won't be in place for then? What short-term measure do you favour and would it extend to reopening regional emergency departments like these people are calling for? Well, we've already seen significant short-term measures being taken by Minister Donnelly with the HSC and I think we really have to recognise the healthcare workers who have been called upon over the last number of weeks really have stepped up where they've been asked to and where they need to in terms of support. Both the healthcare teams in our hospitals, discharge teams, community teams have done a tremendous work. And look, th- these patients who are on trolleys should not be going what through what they're doing. Nobody can stand over that, not the government, not 
the uh, HSC and not the healthcare workers. So that, as I said, the steps are being taken in terms of short term using that private healthcare services that are there, those private All beds, right. they are being used and other they steps need, they as They need well. to look at uh, retention <coughs> as well and recruitment in terms of like longer term, like actually working okay, hand well, in hand well, with like third that, level that, that, that is a discussion for another day because the longer but term... But it's part of it. We're, we're, it is part of it. We are unfortunately looking at, at, at some of the short term issues there. Some of the listeners who've contacted us say, uh, obviously the government has no belief whatsoever in Sláinte Shakir, says Kieran in Tralee. Somebody else saying 23.5 billion we're spending on the health budget, not enough. How much do we need to spend? And somebody else, uh, we the people are protesting, are upset regarding hospitals, housing, decent accommodation for refugees, but our politicians are nitpicking and infighting about posters from six years ago. No wonder we're cynical and sceptical when it comes to politicians. The last word there on that for this listener, and we're back with some of those issues about posters and SIPO and everything else after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.